This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hola. Bonjour. Ni hao. Privet. Konnichiwa. Welcome to the Normal Not Normal podcast with myself, James Phelps. And me, Oliver Phelps. And in this series, we're talking to some of our favourite people to find out what normal means to them and to ask, well, does normal even exist? And today we're so excited to be talking to somebody that we've known for a very long time, a good friend of ours and probably the entertainment industry's leading costume designer, Jani Tamim. Now, she's worked on six of the eight Harry Potter films coming on in the third film, The Prisoner of Azkaban. And she's also known for her work in Skyfall and Spectre, the James Bond films, Gravity with George Clooney and Sandra Bullock, just to name a few. Yeah, and obviously we're so happy to be speaking to Jani and we hope you guys really enjoy the conversation and learning stuff about the uh, the whole costume side of things that even we didn't really know to be honest with you so we hope you have an amazing time in today's show but just a quick one right so going back obviously last week's episode the fan interaction episode thank you for your participation in there if you were featured but there was also um we obviously mentioned the the reunion and it's quite funny how in recent weeks um Obviously, the reunion came out, and I'm sure everyone really, really enjoyed it, because we did. It was great actually being part of it. Um, but a few things happened, right? So I put this... I was, I was watching it, and I, and I noticed that the title editor had got our names. Quite a few people noticed this faux pas well, as well. They did, yes. Uh, got our names the wrong way round, which I was kind of a bit like... Well, I'll be honest with you, I was, pretty, I was pretty annoyed with it. But how you can make a good thing from a, a bad situation type thing is make a bit of a lightheartedness about it. So I put a, a message out on, on Instagram of it. And uh, yeah, it went pretty viral, which is quite a nice thing, I suppose. Um, and they did, they did change it. I found out later from someone telling me that they changed it. But I just want to, I just want to address something that unfortunately stuff like that happens to twins all over the world um, that people can't be bothered to just check what's going on properly whether they're in a rush to do stuff I don't know so we're not saying that anyone did anything deliberately but what I would suggest is that stuff like this happens it's happened to us before it'll probably happen to us again but it probably happens to a lot of other identical twins out there all over the world well how many times have we how many times have we turned up to to do a a job and if we're staying in a, a different location we're in a hotel we get there and they've only booked one hotel room with twin beds where everyone else has got the their own or we're sharing a trailer or something like that and everybody else isn't and it's just a bit frustrating every so often and uh i was really i was really happy to see as well everyone else's reactions as well to it so thank you very much for everybody for having our back in that regard but back to our chat with jenny 
it was wonderful to catch up with her and revisit some amazing costumes that she put together for us in all of the Harry Potter films that she was a part of. She's an amazing person to work with, very funny. So without much further ado, here's Jani. Bonjour Jani, ça va? Bonjour James, ça va? <laughs> it's the first time I hear you speaking French. In 10 years, you never spoke French to me. And now you do. <laughs> you did grow. <laughs> I've been practicing so hard. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jani. I know you've got a very tight schedule at the moment, but we really do appreciate it. So I remember the first time we met was at our first costume fitting for the Prisoner of Azkaban. <gasps> and I still remember to this day that the costume that was decided was the ones for the Marauder's Map scene which was um, kind of like Oliver and my first big scene in the whole series. So it was quite a quite a build-up to it. And it was such a fun process of going through. And I, I, I will always remember that day going in and meeting you for the first time. But I have to say my favourite costume of the entire series that Fred and George had was the suits in the sixth film yes. um, for the Weasley Wizard Wheezers. Well, I must say that um, is one of my best costumes for you both. It mm. was maybe the end one, but it was the one that I prefer of all of them. Although we had some little beauties. I remember the, the sweater with the check, the shirt. We, we had some little beauties because we could really yeah. let go with you both. I remember having so much fun dressing you both and dressing Rupert. I enjoyed the Weasley tremendously because with the Weasley, we could really go crazy. Remember, we did some beauties. <laughs> I mean, every time I I was fitting you or fitting Ron, in a way, I was feeling very sorry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I was giving you ideas things, but you were always so willing to wear them. You were so enthusiastic about every single horror I could give you. That was so nice. I was going to say, I think it's when you, uh, I think playing those characters especially, they were very much, they made do with what was coming at them. And it was just nice that we could actually see them almost yeah, yeah, yeah. getting away from, especially from the third movie onwards, the style changed yeah, in terms yeah. of how the kids wore their uniform and stuff like that so did you did you have a particular vision that that's yes. what the kids would look like almost yes. a very realistically to what yes. um my my senior school was where some kids didn't do their top button up on their tie and would just leave it yeah yeah you know it, I, I thought i thought that uh, to going back to your normal thing i thought that the kids should look normal which means that by normal that a lot of kids could recognize themselves into you, into the school, that it was not a foreign world, it was a world which was next to you, around you, but they had special gift. So although they were completely normal children, they were normal children with special gift, which was the, the idea that Alfonso and I developed to present Hogwarts like something which could be very near you and very reachable. And I had to express that in your costume, which means that I had to dress you almost normally, mm. but you didn't see the world the same way that somebody else was seeing the world. And that was very mm. important to show that that world was magical because it was fun and interesting and maybe not so normal after all, but, you know, what is normal? Well, that's it. And I think especially like how the... Even like the Quidditch uniforms, how that changed. Yeah. And yeah, you can kind yeah, of yeah. see like the development with that type yeah. of style. Again, it almost, yeah. to me, it took more of a, 
I suppose like a football, like a yeah, soccer yeah, style. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it approach. was football. It was, you know, you it's it's the team of Hogwarts, and whatever you fly on a broomstick to get the ball or you run, what's the difference? You still have to get that ball and you have to throw it. I mean, nobody. I never understood the Quidditch rules. I don't think you did either. <laughs> nobody did. It was much too complicated for us. You know, they were flying. They were flying. Not remember on those very high machines, but you did have to put that ball somewhere. Let's push it that way. Mm. And you had to do that flying on that broomstick, which was then a construction, remember, on top of a pillar like that. It was very complicated. Yeah. Yeah. So my inspiration was always modern shapes, nylon, football, things which were that the kids knew. And then from that on, giving it always a little magical touch, which means let go to our fantasy to develop it. But the 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 base of the design was always reality, contemporary reality, or even historical reality, but always putting it, making it accessible to a public of, I don't know which year it was then, to see it, enjoy it, and and find some point of relativity, to, to relativate with image that they knew, not something that you pick up in an historic book or in a book. No, the, your world was next door. I mean, is, is there a costume that stands out to you as your personal favourite, not necessarily from uh, like our characters, but in, on the whole spectrum of all the, the costumes that you designed on the, on the Potter films? Well, I love Beatrix because she's a badgie and I love badgies, you know, they're much more interesting <laughs> than normal people, get normal. Um, she's bad. She's very sexy bad, which we like. And then you in your suit, your suit were amazing because I think the suit were completely fitting in that shop. You know, it was a shop, it was a suit, it was you, everything was like going up and little shoulder going up, the stripe going up, your pointed shirt. I think it was brilliant. I really loved your suits and Beatrix, everything from Beatrix. But it's mm. funny because my fan for you are completely different than the fan I have for Beatrix. I've got all sort of SM group to follow me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I have all sort of romantic following you. So that's very different group. I never really thought about it that way, but I suppose, I yeah, there's, you um, you yeah, there is that element too, isn't there? Yeah. Our producer has got a few screenshots from the films lined up. Could you, could you talk us through one or two of them at all, if, uh, if we can show you them? <laughs> My gosh, you're so young. Look at you, you babies. Hello. So for those of you listening, we're actually looking at a picture now of, it's from the Prisoner of Azkaban film, when Fred and George give Harry the Marauder's Map. Um, and they're wearing a, how would you describe that, James? Like a, a raincoat type thing and... A bubble hat. What's really worrying is I actually bought a woolly hat similar to that recently. So I'm wondering if my fashion sense is borderline Weasley now. I always remember it was the hottest day of the year when we filmed that as well. So we we're really happy to be in um, woolly hats and everything inside. A yes, but don't you remember that Mama Mama was knitting? Ma Weasley is a great knitter. So she has been knitting those hats for you. That was the idea. And you were looking extremely cute with the pompons. Very cute. So yeah. I really, I really <laughs> love that. And of course, the hood. Huh? The hood, that is really the witchy details of you. And then the fact, and that is, if you look at the picture, 
how strong and powerful and above everything you are, even if you wear those silly hats. You know, your attitude mm. doesn't change. You do have an attitude. Huh? Um, you are wearing a silly hat. Who cares? We are we. Mm. That was great. Yeah. I, I, I still remember that the costumes definitely... I know it's... I think unless you've been in a situation, it's hard, it's hard to understand, but definitely the costume does help for myself as, a, as an actor. It definitely helps me feel a lot more in, in role with the character. Yes. And like you said, giving them a bit more... Um, He's got like not. It's not even a rebellious costume, but it's just like a "this is who we are" kind of costume. Oh yes, that particular you, one especially. You wear in 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 Hogwarts. You wear the popular guy. You know you are. The kids loves you. The kids look up to you, and and you wear silly hats, and they and they enjoy that. They are expecting you to be different. The, the, you remember your your place in the group was very much like. A, you know, we cool. You cool. Yeah. So mm. you know, you can you can afford a little bit of silliness because you're so cool. <laughs> Are you still like that? I don't know if you're still. I like still that. stand by that. <laughs> I don't I'd like to think so. I'd like to think so. I don't think I quite had the same uh, the same schwab as as those guys did with they when they came to you know portray what they what they wear and stuff. But you know, when you when you joined Potter on the Prisoner of Azkaban, what was it? What was it like for you coming onto a most of the crew were already established as well as the cast was it easier because Alfonso was new as well Alfonso took me in right it's Alfonso who took me in because uh, he, he wanted to to not to judge it up but to actualize it he, he didn't want to have uh, maybe because I was French and Mexican so we, we had this thing together he knew my work and I knew his work and I don't think he wanted to have something cute and he knew mm. I couldn't do cute. So I, I think <laughs> hey, that's why he took me. He took me also because I told him that I, I didn't like the sort of Christmas carol feeling of, of the film. And I think the film should be should be hard. I mean, this is a story of kids which have not difficulty, but because they are special, because they have gifts. First, they belong to a society which is a, a secret society. So it's difficult for a kid to belong to a minority, whatever minority it is. And then on top of that, they are gifted kids. So they are outsiders. And it was much more interesting to make a film about a story of kids which are outsider with difficulties to integrate in a normal society. That was a much nicer subject that to do to make a Christmas carol, you know, with the snow mm. snowing on the back, you know what I mean. Mm. So we did that film, and that's why Prisoner of Azkaban is a masterpiece. Yeah, I still, I still think it's probably my favorite Potter. Oh, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is. It's my favorite uh, because it's very determining about a change of personality. You know, the kids going from childhood to teenager. It's a very difficult time. It's a key time yeah. eh, for all of for all of you because you were also puber. Remember when we were talking about girls, you were all <laughs> giggling like that. Remember, I remember. Mm, mm. When, oh, and I the, don't remember. And the, I, of course, you don't remember, <laughs> but I do. And then, and then you had, and then you had all this little affair with each other. Who kiss who? Who was? Remember, <laughs> uh, you. That was, shush, you were puber playing puber <laughs> with just one year difference to make it a little bit easier. Mm. And and I think that's why the film also is. Um, is the most interesting one mm -hmm. because the 
coach you on a very special moment of your of your life. Yeah, yeah and I, th- I always think because you're you're trying to, at that age, you're still trying to work out who you are. Exactly. Yeah. And what are you what are you doing? What are you trying to? You know, who do I want to be? Who, what personas do I want to put out? So sometimes when you were so in our case, when we were told, right, you guys can play the popular, outgoing, whatever attitude they have. That was actually quite liberating for us because I suppose we were being, growing up, we were quite, I suppose, reserved to an extent. Like being thought, okay, we'll we'll keep it down a bit. But whereas, as as you said earlier, with their with their costumes for the um, for that scene with the bubble hats, they don't care. They are they are they they, they are, are who they, they are. are they are who they are. Yeah, I mean, with their parents, they they <laughs> they, they, yeah, you they got to really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, for you, for you as actor, it must have been also a difficult moment suddenly becoming so successful and having people recognizing you in the streets and and having all this fan mail. How was it for you just caught in that crazy successful uh, trip? So how did you how did you cope with that? Was it easy? I suppose it, we were very lucky, obviously, because of our, our family and friends were very keen to keep us grounded and, okay. and all that, like not remind us exactly you know, where we are and it's we're just about how lucky we are yeah. to be in that position. But I, get, I think because there was such a big cast of us going through a similar experience, no matter where you are from the world, you're all in the same boat when you came back to film. So it wasn't like anyone could ever get above their station because everybody else would, would bring them back down. So I think yeah. everybody kept each other in check, which would definitely helped. Yeah, you were very grounded as kids. I remember that. You're very, very strong, very sure mm. of yourself. Not You were not attacked by the success of, uh, you were staying yourself, you stayed yourself all the time. And that was something that I, I remember and, and appreciate. No, thank, thank you, you very you. much. Thank you. Talking about being grounded, I remember that our uh, in the fifth movie, our school trousers were from Harrods. I do. <laughs> I remember but that. But at that time, at that time, Harrods had the best department for school uniform because they were selling oh, okay. school uniforms. I mean, Sainsbury was saying polyester thing, which I didn't want because I thought that Hogwarts is a school with money, not that your family had money, but no, they had, no. it's a school with money, it's a private school. Yeah. Uh, and Harold's was having all the the school uniform from private school. So when I wanted to go and pitch some element, some interesting design department, uh, design element, I was going there and I could pick up different trousers, different shape of trousers, because I do wanted to mix uh, a certain classicism with a certain fantasy because if you start with a classical trouser you can always make it fancy you know by making it too mm. short by well, but you have to start with a very good shape we had to make thousands of them you know we had to yeah. put them in a factory so when we had a good pattern to start with and and harold was a, a good synonym of quality right <laughs> i never i never thought about that actually ne- neither did i my love neither did i but i just i was just looking for um where can i find six shape of trousers from boarding school and from boarding school from from classical school and when i was going there it was like wow alibaba you know you had all those schools different things different shape of uh, and that, that's where i got uh, the skirt of the girl your trousers yours uh, yeah and then after that we were we were manufacturing them uh, don't know where but uh, I was going to say it wasn't like you. It wasn't like you walked into Knightsbridge and said, "I'll have six hundred of those." No, 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 never, <laughs> never. You might have had a good one, but uh, all your colleagues, which were not, 
in the front <laughs> titling mm-hmm. the right, other yeah. one <laughs> the right. other one they had the factory one but based on yeah. your pattern so you know yeah they had a little bit of arrow they had the s of arrows let's put it that way. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so so I, I guess that's the thing that people don't realize all that detail that goes into it because like a lot of Fred and all the Weezy stuff they were all made to look old and hand-me-downs like the the school gyms had a had a hole or so in it the gowns the robes always had like they were really battered like how long would that process take take you guys to do long long I mean I remember Ron and you because you were the same family you all had very expensive things that we were beating up burning, mm. dirty, using, dying, because I always wanted to put a, a fantasy element in it. I remember a Dolce Cabana sweater, what you had, both of you, which was costing a yep. fortune, multiplied <laughs> yeah. by 10, as everything you had, or six, or I mean, yeah, for you, five and five, so 10. And then putting it through a, a dirty yellow wash, and then after that, putting holes in it that we repaired, and that sweater, <laughs> You know, already started at 400 pounds, going to 600 or 700 pounds with the work. Your, your, your costume were very expensive because it's, a, you know, like somebody said, it's hard to look so cheap, but it is really very difficult to look. <laughs> <laughs> to have shape that nobody else have. It's quite expensive. Bet, yeah. You were very high maintenance, the Weasley yeah. twins. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was just showing one now when we were at the Quidditch World Cup. <gasps> very suave. Very, very suave. So this image is from the fourth film, The Goblet of Fire, specifically near the beginning of the movie when the Weasleys and Harry are going to the Quidditch World Cup. And Fred and George are wearing, what do you say, like a, uh, there's definitely a green turtleneck. Cardigan with some bright orange, I suppose, flared bootcut trousers, uh, a green T-shirt and some uh, and some shoes with that. It's not quite on par with Mr. Weasley's, I see sandals and socks, but it's... Uh, You'd notice them coming anyway, wouldn't you? Actually, well, just looking at that photograph, everybody else in the picture is dressed pretty much you could get away with walking down the street and no one looking twice. <laughs> Aren't you great? Aren't you great? Look at that. Look at that. I remember that they, they were the comfiest trousers I've ever worn. I remember that. We, we, they were. And I, I promise you, they, they were. those were expensive. Your T-shirt were not expensive. The sweater was expensive-ish. But the trousers were expensive. I remember that. And the color, yeah. I mean. And you know what was very difficult for <laughs> us? It was usually when we were not buying very expensive for you, we were buying the leftover that nobody else wanted. You know, like if you go to a shop and then they make the trouser in five color, it's always going to be a color that doesn't sell, like that yellow orange. And then we were, I was always picking that up for you. And <laughs> so it was quite difficult to to get all the repeats that you needed because they were the one that people didn't want. So there were not so many of them and we had to go all around the world. I remember a, a, a Gap sweater that you had and we had to go to pick them up, to pick all the repeats abroad, like like really abroad, like Asia, America, you know, to be able to get the 30 repeat that you needed. I cannot remember for what it was, but I remember a lot of repeat and we had somebody just doing that. Getting the, all those ugly bits, I'm sorry to say that, <laughs> in the amount we, we, 
we needed for you. But you look great, you know, and also the shape. I always, I always wanted to accentuate your body, which was very long and thin, you know, like you, yeah. you grew, you shoot up. And then, so this sweater, uh, I, I made smaller here to be able to have the good thin body and too long. I think it's brilliant. Those sweaters are brilliant. It was certainly, it was certainly a good look, actually. I think I always think that, like, especially when the... I suppose more so with the Weasley side of things, but certainly from the fourth film onwards, you you saw the more social side of the Weasley family. So I suppose there was more cool to see them in civilian outfits like that. But I remember I remember having a costume fitting on for one of the later films. I think it was the sixth movie. And I remember mentioning that well, Fred and George probably wouldn't wear the exact same colours anymore, being that they're older and they've left school and stuff. So I think from then on, they had pretty much the same outfits, but different colours. Uh, um, so cool. like, when when an actor says that, does that help or hinder your your process your your work you're right but i always have been trying to not dress you exactly the same but complementary because i thought that yeah, your mother yeah. could never buy two things the same she was so you know special mm. so i thought mm. she find a sweater yellow and red and then she buys it for him in red and yellow you know what i mean so 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 yes i always tried to find that it was a little bit different looking alike but different but in those suits by the time I thought, well, you are grown up, you have your own choice. So you keep the principe of Mawisley. You want to dress same style because you are so you are you are twins and you are so much like two person on one pod, and you are going to find to to buy yourself the same thing because you had that aesthetic training. So you will buy the suit with the same sort of stripe trying to be mm. different but not succeeding in being different yeah and and those suits are perfect and for those of you listening this uh, picture that we're looking at now is from the sixth movie when uh we're in weasley's wizarding wheezes and you see fred and george in their elaborate suits that they have made up and you remember the little m with the light going up and down yes from like from your shop you know that they are now selling them in the in the in the Harry Potter show, but I think that little M with the light flashing—that was a big thing. The props did that for us, and and it was quite complicated with the battery on the back. I mean, it was <laughs> my IG were always complicated, but but this little M was brilliant. Do you remember that M on your tie? Yeah, I remember. I remember they used to have to change the battery, didn't they? Ah, we. <laughs> When we were filming, <laughs> make sure it was working. <laughs> Is that something which you ever have to bring into consideration? Like the any any little props that need to go on a costume or sound department or anything, or do you expect them to work it around your designs? Uh, I wanted. I choose to ignore that sort of <laughs> difficult details, yeah. you know, because <laughs> if you start taking them in consideration, that's not fun. I thought, oh, they managed. They were brilliant and they managed. Look at that. I love the W. I love that. Yeah. I love your big tie like that. I think it's fantastic. You look so cool. I mean, you look brilliant. I still, it's funny. I still remember the design, how it was, let's exaggerate, you were saying, let's exaggerate all the, like the lapels and the shoulders and all that kind of thing. It was, it was such a different experience to what I've ever had having a suit fitting before. So it was, it was really Oh, fun. but you were good looking. And look at that. You're brilliant. And in the shop, it's fantastic. But the shop was amazing as well. Remember the shop with all the little... Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. It was probably, I, I, think, I still think it was my favourite set to film on. Yes. Just purely because there was so much going on 
both internal and externally as well. But look at the balcony on the back with that red, yellow, orange. It's exactly the color of your suit. They were, they were really, it was simios, the two of them. It's brilliant. It's really, really, really good. I think that while we were making those films, we didn't realize how brilliant we were. Luckily, because if not, it would have been unbearable. Mm. But we, when I'm looking at it now, and I look just at that picture, mm. come on. I mean, it's a poster in itself. Your expression, your, you're great. <laughs> brilliant. It is brilliant. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey... Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Changing slightly as well now on the fact of going from these suits to when you worked on uh, on gravity in spacesuits. Obviously, they're a bit different in terms of design and stuff like that. But how much... How much creative freedom did you have on that type of thing? Well, yeah, a lot, because I, I felt like I was working for NASA because I had to design suits, and they're completely fake, you know. They, 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 they are not realistic at all. Not so much the, 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 the Clooney suit. That was looking, that was almost a copy, but not really because I had to adapt it to his body because he wanted to have longer legs. Who doesn't? So okay. I had to put up a line a little bit higher. But... Sandra's suit is completely a fantasy because though because it had to open in the front that she could get out of it. Yeah, I suppose spacesuits are from the back, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it was completely fake. But when the film came out, I thought nobody would see that, and almost nobody saw it. But some people were working in those somewhere, and it's a magazine which you don't read, I don't read, which is called I don't know what it's called. Peu importe. It's not the Daily Prophet. <laughs> and, the, and this magazine, very serious magazine, wrote a critique about my costumes. And they said that although that shoot was completely wrong because no astronaut will have blah, 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 it was quite ingenious. <laughs> they will remember. I don't know which detail, which for me was completely aesthetic, a zipper there or thing there, because it could help blah, 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 something scientific I don't understand, but that they appreciated more than me. Because for me, it was a complete casualty based on 
how look she was in it. But for them, it was quite clever. So you see. Well, I suppose, I suppose if you wanted to take a sabbatical from film work, you could always <laughs> pop over to NASA for a year and uh, help them out with the design. Please not. Please not. Please <laughs> not. That was a, a, a nightmare. That was really a nightmare. It was really a very difficult film to see. And everybody said, oh, two costume. I never worked so hard on that film. It was horrible. Mm. We had to do suit behind to constrain their movement yeah. with some elastic to, to, stop, to stop the actors to move normally. Oh, wow. That was Alfonso IG, of course. So, you know, to, to, to not, so they couldn't put the hand like that. They had to put, they had to pull up their hand very softly and their foot very slowly because they were caught inside by all elastic and, oh, you don't want to know. Very complicated. Oh, yeah. Very mm. complicated. Mm. 16 different shades of white to get the same suit with a different light. Don't oh, even wow. talk about it. It's a no. nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. I much prefer your suit. That was easier. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit easier. <laughs> and, and more fun. <laughs> yeah. You, obviously, you've gone on and worked on Skyfall and Spectre. I'm a huge Bond fan, so that was ah. really cool to see when... I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. I, I was wondering, like, so originally you may think, like, from someone looking in, you may think, well, Bond just wears a suit. But I know that you worked very, you put your own stamp on how the suit was, yeah, yeah. how he wore it, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I really wanted the suit to be uh, very physical, you know. I, I wanted to be the, to the suit to to make one with Daniel's body, you know, because Daniel Gretz is somebody who walk, jump, and trains a lot. And the way he was playing Bond was very physical. He was using his, his body. He was not using his smile. No, he was using mm. his body. He was running. And you could see the muscle where he was running. So I wanted a suit which was very, very fitted. And um, they made it brilliantly. We had three fittings, three or four fittings, because it was hard. But then they could see that it was sexier and sexier and they could see that they were developing another market you know the guy being sexy in a suit and mm. uh, and it worked and it worked they were they were but they did they made them specially for me it was not the the normal shape of uh, tom ford he had the uh, guys coming specially i mean the, the the cutter came from italy and then they were and the italian they like that sort of thing so they 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 remade it for us we work really we work hard on the suit and then I wanted the tuxedo yeah. to be dark blue and not black. And then they sold, I don't know, 20,000 of dark blue tuxedo. Everybody was getting married in a dark blue tuxedo. Did you get married? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were quite happy about it. And then, um, fine, they loved me. <laughs> no, a, a, genuine, a genuine trendsetter then, in more than, uh, in more than that way, isn't it? No, uh, but again, I think that, that type of thing, people kind of, I suppose an ignorant person would look and say, oh, they've got a, a suit off a rack or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but yeah. as you say, it's... It's exaggerating yeah. everything what's what's around it. Obviously, they're not just looking at um, how Daniel Craig was dressed, but obviously you you kind of brought in a new modern Bond girl look instead of them yeah. just wearing yeah. essentially like a bikini or something like that. It was it was very more modern thing. Was that something which you were told to bring in, or was that something that you you did yourself? Yeah, uh, together. You know, I, I mean, I did the two Bond that Sam Mendes directed, so. Um, he had an idea about uh, the new sort of Bond girl, and it had to be like that. You, you cannot anymore. Um, I mean, I don't know if you know that, but every single Bond girl died. 
And still, they keep of having sex with Bond. They have sex and they die. They have sex and they die. You know, this okay. is the, the, the destiny of a blonde girl. And the only one who survived is the last one. She didn't die after having sex with him. <laughs> so uh, because she survived, <laughs> she had to be, in a way, she had to be stronger than the rest. And she's stronger because she has her own job, because she's a, she's a, she's a woman, she has a job, she's clever, she's on the same level than he is. Sort of gender equality between Bond and his girl, which make the whole story modern. I think mm. I'm talking about mm. uh, uh, Skyfall and Spectre. And Spectre. You know, they, the yeah. yeah, especially in Spectre, the the women are strong. Yeah, M died, but you know she was a strong woman, and then after that, uh, yeah. I think I think you cannot you cannot have the same image of woman that you had in the seventy or in the eighty or in the ninety, because the women no, exactly. are stronger men, and then and then you have to show that, and then you have to be able to have a sort of equality between between Bond and his girls. And yeah, we, we made it. We made it. It's good. It's good. Uh, I, I think it's a, was the only way. The only way of to progress. What was it that made you want to get into being a costume designer, Jenny? I always wanted it, always. From my four years old, I was dressing my dolls. I was having my playing with the dolls. You know, somebody was killing the other always, and the other one was pulling up, and then and then. You know, I always created little thing, do, did costume for that. It it really, it looks very 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 kitsch to say that, but I always wanted to become a costume designer and I became a costume designer. I started with fashion and then from fashion I went to cinema. Right. Boring. Yeah. Boring. <laughs> well, no, not really, because it shows, it shows, as you say, like you've got that. And were you very yeah. hands-on originally in terms of like yes. the making of the costumes and yeah, stuff like that? Yeah, I was very hands-on. When I was at uh, school, university, um, I was making clothes for the people, selling them. I was doing, I was always in that. I always wanted to do that. Yeah. But my, my parents were in fashion, so maybe that was easy. But but it was not so easy because I started, uh, they wanted me to be a teacher because it was not, not fashion was not a job. So I wanted to be a teacher. So I study, I got a master in French, and then I used that to get into Elle magazine. I spent six months in Elle magazine. I fell in love with an actor and I started in film business. Wow. So, you know. Yeah. I went back to what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to tell you, that when you, when you really want something, you have to fight for it. And, Somehow it happened, mm. but you have to think. This is what I want. Me is important. Yeah, and I suppose especially to move as well, like move countries to for work and and all that type of thing as well. It's oh yeah, oh yeah. But what's a country? Especially when you work in film, a country is nothing. A, a, a country. I change of country so many times. I, I don't have a problem changing country. Uh, I, I set up my world, set on my tent, and I set up my world everywhere. I suppose I, I moved a country when I was 12, you know. I was born in Algeria, and then it was the French colony. It was not anymore a French colony. So I, when I was 12 years old, we moved to Paris. So because I did it when I was so young, I lost the world, and I created another world. I think it's quite easy after that. I lived in Paris, and I, I lived in Holland, and from Holland I came to England. And what's next? I don't know. <laughs> No. <laughs> that's a, well that's that's a question Johnny. what is next what are you working on right now I'm doing Game of Thrones cool I get Game of Thrones so I'm in uh, I'm in Armors yeah 
I was going to say, so you're, and you're actually in the studio right now by the look of yeah, it as well. Yeah, I'm in the studio yeah. right away. I mean, Livzon. Remember Livzon where we did... I couldn't get over how different it is, though, uh, when I went back to when, when we were filming. When we were it. there, it, it was the zone. You remember? We yeah. had this big yeah. bucket with the rain coming from the ceiling. And now yeah. it's like a small Hollywood. Do you know, I've got a buggy with my name on, and I go from A to B with a buggy. It's, a, I, it's not anymore the walk in the rain, in the mud. I mean, yeah. it's still a little bit like that <laughs> on the back lot, but basically yeah. it's very glamorous now. They waited that we were gone to start building it. <laughs> when all the time we were. I remember our very last scene filming, they had the uh, the bulldozers were literally the other side <laughs> of the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the next day they were starting to rip the place down. The minute we left, they started making it nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were used, you know, we dropped the rubber boots and bang, they started building. I don't know, I know, I remember that. And I'm there now, that's where we are. And it's uh, it's very right. big. But I'm finishing um, I'm finishing soon. And then I start with Alfonso Cuaron. Oh, okay. oh brilliant. Start, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, start, great. I start doing uh, yeah, six film with Alfonso, so you see. Oh, cool. yeah. Please say hello to him from us. I'm very, I'm very faithful. Uh, to you, to people, I'm very, very faithful. I always, uh, I always uh, love the same people. Keep them. Do you have good relationship with other people of Harry Potter? Are you still seeing them? Other actors? Or the... I think, yeah, I think for the most part, we. Um, it's the the way that I always describe it to people is a bit like school friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you, you've got some that you're really close with, and then they'll still be in contact, so you'll know what's going on with everybody else and things like that. Ah. It's yeah. funny. I mean, I see them occasionally. Sometimes mm. I meet somebody, meet Danielle or Emma. Emma, mm. uh, Emma I met when I was in Los Angeles. I saw a few times. Or Rupert, you know, I meet uh, very yeah. occasionally. Occasionally. And yes. it's always, you know, we, we were together in Orlando. It was so nice to see you, the babies. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I, love <laughs> I think that's the thing as well. Like you see that because you haven't seen people for such a long period of time. In oh, you instances. know with whom I'm working. I'm working with Amanda, the makeup. Oh, cool, Amanda. And Amanda, I. and then we kept on talking about you and about uh, everybody. <laughs> and then I'm working with her daughter. Her daughter is one of the makeup girls, and she used to run around the studio four years old. Remember, little, yeah, little yeah, bunny. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. And she's now one of the makeup girls. Yeah, oh, God, it's incredible. It's another generation you're going back. It is, yeah. So, Jani, I know that you're very uh, you're very giving of your time, but I know that you've got you've got a meeting to be in 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 a little while. So, but it's so nice to see you. I enjoy it so much. <laughs> and you, if we could just finish, we've, we've got a couple more questions, if that's okay. Um, so first one is, I know you've already breezed on it, but what is the most normal thing about you? I don't know any, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that I can enjoy seeing old friends and talking with you. Maybe that's normal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it? Yeah, I'd say so. That'd be, and, and if that's the most normal, what would you say is the least normal? The least normal. Everything in me is not completely normal. So what's the worst of it? I don't know. I think you have to ask that to my friend or to my husband. Maybe they would be able to answer you more than me. <laughs> I think that's like over the whole series of when we've been able to speak to people. Like It's like where we found that like normality is pretty much your own world. Exactly. Yeah. That's That's your normal. Yes, you feel normal when you are in your world. Yes, that's true. Exactly, that's true. yeah. Exactly. With yeah. people exactly. like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so J- James always finishes, Jenny, on a he, he calls it his 3 a.m. questions because the answer sometimes comes to you if you can't sleep at 3 a.m. Um, James, do you, want to, do you want to ask some of those? Yeah, so it's just, it's just five, five questions of what is your favourite? So, Jenny, what is your favourite book? My favourite book? Oh, my love is Proust. À la recherche du temps perdu. I, I don't know what's the... Um... So I've just been I've just been told by our, by producer Alice that the English translation is in search of lost time. Et voilà. You said it better than me. <laughs> but that's my favorite book. I read that all the time. I read that all the time. You know, the story of somebody, the society there, his own thing. And also a guy talking about that. I mean, Proust was a gay man who was feeling completely I like the story of outsider. People who don't feel completely, completely well in their own world and look at it and manage to survive because they used all what was wrong in them as a strength. That's what I love so much in Harry Potter, actually. You know, that's what I love so much in the Weasley. Mm. And that's the same sort of things in, uh, in Proust because À la recherche du temps perdu is the story of a guy who is gay, Jewish, and evolved in that French aristocracy and managed to become somebody that everybody appreciates. So going from your, your favourite book, um, what is your favourite film? Again, a French film. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, no, no. and it's called Les Quatre Sans Coups. It's a film of François Truffaut from the late 50s. And I think it's The 400 Blow in, uh, in, in English, the title. Les Quatre Sans Coups, The 400 Blow. And it was a film, again, about a boy, a young boy, who tried very hard to survive. No parents, nothing, and create his own world. A little Harry Potter. That was that was my inspiration for Harry Potter. Ah, okay. Dissocial right. family, great film, black and white film. Definitely going to have to watch that now. Um, what is your favourite food? Uh, what the couscous from my origin. And your favourite uh, favorite song? My favourite song is All You Need Is Love. Love it. That was our opening song in, 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 uh, in our wedding. All you need is love. I love it. <laughs> I actually left uh, when we got married. When I got married to my wife, we left the church and the choir sang "All You Need Is Love." Ah, voilà! Isn't it yeah, a great perfect, song? All you need is love, and everybody. Yeah. And when you sing, when you sing, "All You Need Is Love," everybody is singing with you, which is great. Yeah, you start all you never, and you have three people sing. All you need is <laughs> on the background. It's great. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it kind of it was funny because there was other people in the congregation who were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you have a better voice than me, but that's easy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Jani, what is your favourite quote? Tomorrow is another day. Very good. Very nice. I like that one. Very nice. That's very good. Well, Jani, again, thank you so much for your time. We, we really do appreciate it. And it's lovely to speak to you again. Oh, it was so nice. It was so nice. Mwah, really, it was so nice seeing you both. You look so good. You look so beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love you. <laughs> and so do no, you. Thanks very much. Keep, keep up the good work, Jenny. Bye-bye, les chéris. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Merci, au revoir. How great was that? Very good. I mean, like I say, Jenny was always a great person when we were filming to if you had any questions about the costume or anything to speak to because as you can tell she's very passionate about her job and very very good i always remember that the costumes that she had on whenever we went for costume fittings 
there was literally a huge rack of clothes. Previous to filming, you'd have gone for a costume fitting and that costume fitting would probably have taken two or three hours of seven or eight different variations of tops, bottoms, trousers, you name it, we tried it on. And I think that was, <laughs> people never believe this, that the uh, Hogwarts trousers were from Harrods. Um, and then like Jenny was saying, like we had a D&G jumper which was a horrible thing as well, wasn't it, that one? I don't know how they... It, it was definitely one of those things where they say, you know, it's fashion, darling, you'll be fine. Yeah. And, like, you've got to be really thinking good about yourself to wear said said sweater. But I did... I, I loved her quote that she came out with, which was, it costs a lot of money to look cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, James, um, just getting on to one thing. So, obviously, you normally have your did-you-know facts. Yes, I have a couple right here. Come up. Right. Okay. So before I get onto that, I was doing a, I was doing a cameo calls the other week, and a few of the guys who I was speaking to were telling me about this part of the segment of the show and asking about you know well I've got some did you know facts or something for you, and and Laura right she was currently in isolation um, or at the time she was in isolation due to having having COVID, uh, so she actually came up with a fact, and it's did you know the brain named itself? Yeah. Of course it did. That's quite an interesting thing because there's nothing else that names itself, is it? Shout out to Laura if you're listening, by the way. Laura. Yeah, Laura, actually, that was that was a very good did you know. <laughs> Your input is is valid. It is valid. No, honestly, I, do you know what, though? That's the kind of thing that you would just throw at a dinner party. Or that would be a good um, quiz question, wouldn't it? What what named itself? What, name, what part of the body named itself? There. Pub quiz question. Right. On to my did you knows. So, since we're talking to Jani, I thought I'd do did you knows about clothing and the histories of clothes, all that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So, first of all, think old school um, swimsuit, right? Specifically for females mainly. Okay. Right. So, in nineteen 19- old school. Well, nineteen oh seven. So you know, oh, okay. you know when you see like the. Um, old-fashioned drawings of people at the seaside and they'd be in like a onesie with stripes on. Yep. Right. Yep. So in 1907, there was an Australian swimmer and performer called Annette Kellerman and she was on a beach in Boston and she was arrested for wearing one because it was deemed too too fitted. Right? But then eventually it kind of came the norm. People enjoyed, like started wearing them on the seaside more and more and everything was going fine. Until the Miss World Contest in London in 1951, when the bikini was worn for the first time, and it was deemed a sin by the Vatican. It was also banned in certain countries, <laughs> such as Belgium, Italy, Spain, and ironically, Australia. Which is amazing, really, when, when you think that a lot of those countries, not so, well, there are parts of Australia that would do it, but where just like nudism on the beach is just a, a done thing that goes on. Mm-hmm. But yet you put a little bit of underwear on or a little bit of bikini. Oh, so then, anyway, going away from being at the seaside and clothes that you wear at the seaside. Did you know, so Napoleon, right? Mm. Little man who, in history, wasn't actually as small as everybody makes out. But anyway, the old emperor of France. He decided that he had would have brass buttons sewn onto the sleeves of his soldiers on their uniform to discourage them from wiping their noses on the uniform. Really? Uh huh. Wow. And did you? There you go. You see, that's something to. I've got. I've got. I've got. I've got a related. Did you know for you? Gone. Did you know in France it's illegal to name a pig Napoleon? It is. I didn't know. (laughs) And okay. All right. Here's one then. Here's a here's a little question. Did you know? 
Can you tell oh, okay. me? Can you tell me the first ever designer logo? What is in clothing designer? Yeah. So you think of logos and you. So from ni- in nineteen thirty three. Thirty three. Okay, it's going to be something like Hugo Boss. Nope. Um. Anyway, go on, go on. I don't know. So the first ever logo designed by a fashion company was Lacoste. What the crocodile? The little crocodile. That was the first ever logo on clothing. There you are. There are my random did you know facts. Hmm. That's very good, isn't it? That's very good. Well, look, I mean, there's there's lots of stuff what goes on about on the uh, on the podcast as well, and obviously people getting in touch. But I was chatting with Haley as well, and Haley was telling me how she listened to the podcast episode from the last season with Mercedes, and also also known as Sasha Banks. She was saying that how she actually listened to that, she actually got into watching. Uh, especially Mercedes perform in the WWE and her dad really enjoys it as well and they actually went together as like a, a father-daughter day out uh, to see it live and that all that that whole interest came from watching uh, or listening to the show our podcast episode with her so I was very very happy to hear that that we were able to unite um, unite um, Hayley and her dad's interest in something mutual which I'm very very happy to hear very much so and also a little little random story i was uh, visiting some pals a couple of weeks ago and i was out walking the dogs and two people stopped well, our family stopped me and uh, mother and daughter and they were saying how they both love listening to the show love listening to the podcast um so annabelle pip it was lovely to meet you the other day um and i hope you have an amazing rest of the year and thank you very much for all your very kind words about the show and everybody involved it really did make my day hearing that so thank you so much Exactly, exactly. And also, uh, while, we, while we're talking about interacting with people and speaking to people like that, I was out for a meal the other day and the waitress casually said at the very end of my, as I was getting it to leave, said, how come you don't rant too much anymore? And I looked at her and I was like, I, I don't know, do you, want me to, do you want me to do one right now? Um, but this got me thinking, right, why is that not happening? I think it just became a bit too much last season, did you? Very much so. Anyway, thank you very much for not having a rant anymore. I think that's why. I know. I'm losing my touch. I'm losing my touch. Anyway, guys, whatever it is you're getting up to this week, stay safe. Uh, Look out for one another. And thank you for joining us. And also, obviously, your interactions with us. And remember to keep sending your story times, your questions, and your did you knows to the normal address, which is normalnotnormalpodcast at gmail.com. That's normalnotnormalpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, and if you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to tell everybody about it, that you've enjoyed it. Um, And I'm going to have to say it this week, aren't I? Do it, do it. Please remember to like, subscribe and review. That sounded really sincere, didn't it? Yeah, I know. Gosh, what was that? (laughs) Honestly, thank you very much for all the interaction with everybody. Like Olive said, if you want to get involved, send us an email and we'll try and um, answer them on the fan interaction show. One of them coming next week. But until then... I've been James Phelps. Thank you very much, Annie, for joining us this week. And I'm Oliver Phelps. Guys, stay safe and we'll see you next week. Normal Not Normal is a stable production. 